0: what's going on everybody
1: hey guys ali and dan here for another episode of dna athletics
0: today we're hitting episode seven um our last episode pursuing different paths uh did really well uh we got a lot of good feedback on it so we appreciate you know all the feedback um today we're going to build off that a little bit and essentially the name of this episode is called uh being coachable but now this doesn't just represent an athlete's perspective, this is also from a coach's perspective too, because co- good coaches are also able to be coachable. So um, let, let's start it off, Allie, what do we got going?
1: Yeah, so today, um, building off of last week's episode, we really kind of looked at it from a coach's and athlete's perspective, and we're going to do the same thing um, like that this week as well about being coachable and getting the most out of not only our athletes as coaches but out of our coaches as athletes and just asking the right questions and kind of um trying new things and and stuff like that and from a coach's perspective um getting the most out of our athletes athletically but also to build them and make them become the best person that they can be and be, you know, a positive impact to society as well. Um so we like to kind of reference, or I mean, we kind of had a debate last episode of who is the best coach. Um, personally, I still stick with my um, my answer of John Wooden. So if you guys don't know Coach John Wooden, he coached at um, uh, many places, but was most um, famously known for coaching at UCLA. And he, if you haven't read his books um, or know much about him, he was a very decorated coach and very very respected by all his athletes. I don't I don't know one athlete that um or anyone knows one athlete that might have anything negative to say about him. But he had this really good kind of formula that he made up as the pyramid of success. And if you haven't, um or if you don't know what that is, I highly recommend looking that up because Coach Wooden put this into not only all of his practices and all of his conversations he had with his athletes, but he put this into everyday life, and he strictly—what um, am I trying to say? He went by this. What is it? There's like a phrase or something. I'm Brilliant. blanking on it. You like you eat, sleep, and breathe.
0: Like your sport.
1: Yeah, but like they're I uh, can't think of the phrase I'm trying to get at. But um but he lived by this kind of pyramid of success because he kind of wanted to get the most out of his athletes as people first. So he was building them as as you know, he was building their integrity and their um self-control and alertness and um just things like that or you can kind of see what are, what's on his his pyramid, but those are just a couple. But that's why he was great, I I think is because he just had this respect for his athletes and got that respect in return and was able to create something incredible and was able to get the absolute best out of everyone in the room. So I think that's that's kind of why I really like look up to him and kind of look towards his um, pyramid of success to utilize in like everyday life as well. How about you? What are your thoughts on that, Dan?
0: Yeah, back to thinking who the greatest coach of all time is, I don't want to take anything <laughs> away from uh, John Wooden. Obviously, he is one of the greatest to ever do it, and I really like, I mean, you touched on it, I really like how before he even brought in the sports aspect of it, it was all about the person. Because at the end of the day, sports are a hobby. It's a, it's a lifestyle, but we're all human, and, you know, being – a good person comes before anything. So he took that into consideration and he figured, well, if I can get all my athletes on the same page and be that good person, it makes it much more, um, much not much more, much easier to get the most out of his athletes. So backtracking a little bit, and I'll ask you this, Allie. For me, my definition of being coachable is... Uh, your ability to take in everything somebody says to you, dissect it, really break down what they're trying to say, and take the good from the bad, or take the good and the bad of it, and really um, run with it and kind of make it your own. So what I mean by that is, I'm a coach, and I'm I'm a new coach because uh, that's only been f- like five-ish years that I've been coaching. And I try my hardest to be the best that I can be, but I do understand that not everything that I say is perfect and not everything that I'm advising my athletes to do might not be the right thing. Again, I'm learning, I'm reading, I'm trying to improve myself as a coach. Uh, So when I tell my athletes, I hope what they're doing is they're listening to everything I'm saying, they're dissecting it to a certain extent and... Are gonna take the good of it, of what I said and run with it, and then maybe if I said something, not that I'm saying anything bad, but something that might not be relevant, for example, just kind of disregard that. Take the good stuff from the conversation and and move with that. Um, so I think that the biggest quality of someone who's coachable is to be able to dissect what is being told and you know run with it and 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 build off of that. I had a good conversation with one of my athletes after one of our track meets the other day. And we were talking about use of equipment and how I feel like I could be doing a better job making these kids faster. But the lack of equipment, it, you know, it's tough. We're, we're, we're stuck with a a lack of equipment, I guess you would say. And I, I then went and I told him, because we were talking about blocks, and basically what I was trying to tell him was that you can't, you can't, run before you walk you can't walk before you crawl you gotta build a good foundation so with that being said is every good piece of advice that you hear from a teacher a coach a parent you know anybody you should take that and manifest is not the word but take that and and incorporate that build in off of it. yeah build off of it exactly so and i used you know the the classic reference of you can't build a 50 story building with you know toothpick foundations because you could have great knowledge moving forward but if you don't have that solid base it's going to collapse so you can't jump before you know you do the other the um the essential stuff so Again, kind of went off, went off on a tangent, but so back to being coachable, you have to be able to be open to suggestions, uh, really be a good listener. You know, a lot of people, especially in today's day and age, it's very easy to get distracted. Um, And again, I don't really believe in ADD. I believe that ADD is a spectrum and everybody's on that spectrum depending on how much attention you can give something. So you know, and, and to get better at that is just by practicing, you know? So, you know, you want to be able to be a good listener. You want to pay attention to what's being told, dissect it, attentive. Exactly. You want to be present in the situation. Um, even if you're hearing knowledge that you've already been told, and it just kind of sounds like recycled information, listen to it, just compact it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, but, and that's where Allie with John Wooden is a master is that, He has or he he's obviously not with us anymore, but he was able to do such a good job of breaking through every one of his athletes to the point where he was so respected that he had that attention there. So Mm -hmm. once you once you can get that with your athletes, you're free to go from then. It's game time. You know what I mean? Once he's like, all right, I got all these guys like now it's time to work. And because he knows that
1: he built he built that foundation from day one.
0: Yep. Yep. So with that being said, that that's kind of the, at least my opinion of like the main idea of being coachable. Now, before I go off on another tangent, I want to say from a coach's perspective, um, like I said in the beginning of the episode, good coaches should be good at being coachable. Now, what that means is my way is not the right way. I think it's a way that it works. But with that being said... I am always trying to fill my library of information of things that I could do better. Always improving and growing. Exactly. And you have to be willing to make adjustments. You know, you see this issue a lot with a lot of older coaches where they've seen success, but the problem with the exercise field is that it's constantly changing. So, you know, they may win a state championship 20 years ago, and now they haven't really been doing well because they're doing the same thing that, that, like got them to where they were at he wasn't making the adjustments or she wasn't making the adjustments so to Cause it was
1: working for that set of athletes but it might not work for this new generation this set of athletes exactly and yeah
0: i think making adjustments is one of the biggest roles in being a coach um but to get back on the track of what we were talking about as a coach you should to be coachable you should be able to The same thing, if you're collaborating with another coach or just listening to how they run their practice or how they do um, their game day warm ups, you should not be so, what's the word? Um, Close minded close-minded yeah and say well it doesn't matter cuz i think my way is the best way there is
1: no right or wrong way to coach there is i really i mean there i do believe that there is a wrong ways if you're yes. like really you know kind of being negative and and not um helping your athletes in a positive way but but i'm saying like everyone has their own coaching style everyone has their own things that have worked for them and there's no right or wrong way obviously there is like you want to make sure that everyone's safe and stuff but No one's, you know, so much better because they won so many more championships. You could still be an incredible coach and maybe not have the best record or, you know, but as long as you're still getting the most out of your athletes and still helping them improve and become a better person, I think you're doing a pretty good job. You know, you're still doing great.
0: Yeah, and with that being said, that's perfect. There's also different definitions of, definitions of coaches. You got sport coaches. You have life coaches. Oh, absolutely. You have motivational speakers who are essentially a coach, right? Mm-hmm. You listen to their information and you try and implement it into your own life. Therapists, um, teachers—they're all like, coaches, one hundred percent. And and I think Allie had mentioned that we're both pursuing a graduate degree in physical education, and you know a big factor for that, at least for me, and I think Allie could say the same thing is one of the biggest qualities of a coach is someone who also has the ability to teach. Think about it. If you can't be a good teacher, how are you going to be a good coach? Mm-hmm. And and vice versa, in a sense. And I'll give you one quick example. And this is where I'm, I'm very aware of what we're talking about. And again, I'm not perfect, nowhere near perfect. We'll never be perfect, but I'm just always trying to get better. Um. So ex- an example of mine is uh, warming up for uh, a sport now i think that you could use this warm-up in almost every sport for me soccer and track it's always either a 10 minute warm-up or a mile i think either one is okay and then proper dynamic warm-up you should be sweating after the dynamic warm-up and if that's the case you can hop right into the workout now if you're not sweating by the end of dynamic warm-up what am i talking about (laughs) If you're not sweating by the end of dynamic warmup, which for those of you that don't know what dynamic warm up means, is that you're it's stretching, but you're moving your muscles. You're not stagnant. Um, it's a way of stretching, but the muscles are still moving. We could talk about that in a different uh, episode, you know, the difference between static and dynamic. Um, but now I think that's a very good approach to a warm up. Now, are there other ways to do it? 100%. And there's probably ways that may be even more effective than the way that I do it. But the way I look at it is you have this shell of a warmup. What's in that shell is what I'm constantly changing. Not constantly, but making a little adjustment. So what I mean by that is you got knee hugs and high knees, right? They go, they coincide. Buck kicks and uh, quad pulls, they coincide with each other. Now, you could choose to add in open and close the gate for your adductors and abductors. You can choose to do elephant walks, which is your hamstrings, um, uh, whatever they're called—ham uh, hamstr- not hamstring curls. Um, the calf stretch. There, there's a bunch of names for all these things. But what makes a coach, I think, a good coach is to be to be able to recognize that maybe they could be adding more and hitting more muscle groups, um, and and adjusting there. You know what I mean?
1: Or even trying different um, exercises, and there might be something more effective. to to stretch your hamstrings or your quads than just, you know, high knees or or heels up or, you know, things like that. So I totally get that. It's an ever-evolving field and world, and you have to stay up to date with that and make sure that you're keeping everyone safe but also getting the most out of them as well. Now, I also want to kind of turn it to an athlete's perspective as well. So we're talking from a coach's standpoint and how we want to better our athletes, but looking at it from the athlete's point of view and say you have something, um, or a coach that maybe you kind of butt heads with. I mean, that's unfortunately kind of common when you're a multiple sport athlete or, you know, you have a lot of coaches and things like that. You may not always agree with what they're saying, but that's okay. That's totally fine. You you don't have to agree with what everyone is saying, but you also have to have an open mind. You have to be respectful of what your coach is telling you because there's a reason they're that coach you know there's there's their reason that they're telling you what they're telling you and I also challenge athletes to kind of ask tough questions of your coach maybe question why you're doing something specific maybe ask like oh what is this helping or what is this utilizing or even ask how can I use this in life whether that's um you know, a skill that we're trying to improve upon or, or an exercise, or even if it's just something that your coach wants, wants you to, you know, have a better mindset about and just ask, how am I going to, how is this going to help me just in life too? And in general, you can always take this out outside of things as well. Um, so I definitely want to challenge athletes to, to think outside the box too, and really apply this to absolutely everything and, and really be attentive when, your coaches are talking and really like dan said take as much as you can get be a sponge soak it all up because and then you can formulate you know your own opinion of things and and obviously you want to you want to um hear what they have to say because they are at the end of the day what's going to help you get better but even if you might butt heads with a, a coach Still respect that, but then maybe formulate your own opinion later on if you kind of want to become a coach or you want to lead in, in some aspect, but you always have to really kind of find that um, fine line of being respectful, and um, but also kind of pushing back, you know what I mean, to to get more because that's only going to help your coach grow as well. And even um, coaches, if, if your athletes have something that they want to ask or, or they're kind of seem to be giving you a hard time about maybe it's not that they're giving you a hard time about but they're just they really genuinely um want to get better um and even if the coaches or even if you as a coach don't have that right answer all the time and coaches aren't always going to have the right answers they might say what they think to be the right answer answer but even it's okay to sometimes say you know what i actually don't have an answer to that right now let me get back to you let me you know um improve my knowledge and my information of these things um and then come back with with a better you know um, answer to your question or, or whatever that may be I, I learned that in um in actually our coaching class um with um oh I was gonna say their name <laughs> but um and uh, in, in our coaching class when we had one-on-one clients this was this was before we graduated in, under, in undergrad and um, my client had asked me a question that I I wasn't there yet. I didn't know the answer to that question. I, I was still going through the course. I, I wasn't aware of, you know, what I should what the next step should have been. And by me saying, let me hold off answering that right now and I'll I'll figure out a better way to address this gave so much more, impact than me just giving a answer that was just kind of broad yeah or yeah. that was just that didn't really answer their question because it was it like you said broad or it, it wasn't to the point you know what I mean so it's okay to kind of take a step back and kind of broaden your horizons and continue to learn and to continue to push your athletes to be better but also push your coach to be better you know
0: Yeah, I I really quick want to go back to what you said about asking questions. I'm sure you've heard of this. There is no such thing as a dumb question. And as a coach, I love being asked questions. And the one reason, it's not because I think I know everything, because I definitely don't. But it it, it makes me aware that they're asking me a question. They pay attention to what I just said.
1: Yes, and they, absolutely. And they
0: care about it. That's why. And I might not have the answer. There's been plenty of times where I did not know. And I had to be honest and say, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I will get back to you on that. I love that. That makes me feel so good because I know they were listening to what I was saying. And, absolutely. And they, they wouldn't ask a question if they didn't care. That goes into my next point of another part of being coachable. You To be coachable, you have to care about it. And you have to want to get better, right? And I tell my athletes this all the time. I can't want it more than you want it. And sometimes I find myself being in that situation with some some athletes because I know that they're capable of doing something. And I feel like I want it more than they do. So I, I always make sure that's very you know, clear cut that they got to want it more than I do. And you have to want to get better
1: yeah 100% and that also goes with um goes back to I know I'm referencing, referencing him a lot but coach wooden has how maybe if these athletes don't want it as much as coaches want it cuz that does happen a lot you know coaches are there because they love what they do i mean i, I believe the majority of coaches can say they are are not doing it for the money because uh, unfortunately it's a very underpaid position but we do it because we want to and we want to see our athletes athletes succeed But in trying to, you know, get that athlete to see or to want to do better, reference that to life, you know, tell them, how are you going to utilize this in life? How is this going to make you a better person outside of this gym, outside of this field, outside of this track, you know, really try to think of, try to open their eyes and get them to think of it in a different perspective. That also might help to, to get, you know, your athlete to realize and be like, oh, wow okay like I might be in this sport and again we've talked about this before like oh I might be in the sport for you know outside factors like my parents want me to do this or I'm doing this for someone else or I don't really necessarily want to be that be there but as long as you're putting in 110% you might not want to be there but put in your all and get as much out of it as possible because that's not only going to better yourself but better your coach and your experience overall
0: yeah um I want to input this because it just so happens to be a good time. Um, Tom Brady, just retired, greatest quarterback to do it. I would say greatest football player to ever do it. Tom Brady is a great prime example of being coachable. He was drafted in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. No one knew who he was. Um, he was under Joe Bledsoe, who was at the time one of the greatest quarterbacks in the league. Um, he was very coachable. he I forgot what Bill Belichick said, but... Oh no no. Yeah. It wasn't Bill Belichick. It was Robert Kraft who's the owner of the Patriots. <laughs> he said that Tom Brady went to his office, introduced himself, said, "Hi, my name is Tom Brady. You just drafted me in the 6th round, whatever." And, you know, Robert Kraft was very uh what's the word? Impressed that he came, shook his hand and introduced himself. And as soon as he left his his office, Tom Brady said, "I'm going to be, I'm He I think he said, I'm the best decision your franchise has ever, has ever made and walked right out. Now, again, a little bit cocky, but at the same time, he was speaking that kind of thing into existence, but he was able to be coachable. He wasn't a top Because a top he knew drastic. his
1: work ethic. He knew that he was going to work to yep. get to the top.
0: And that goes back to obviously hard work beats natural talent for sure. But at the same time, as hard as he worked, he was coachable. You know what I mean? Like it, he was it,
1: always growing. He was always trying to get better and he was always trying to improve and ask those tough questions and and just get as much out of absolutely every opportunity as he could. And
0: every coach that he had, he mm-hmm. soaked up like a sponge. He was never satisfied. He was just, you know, obviously we're not we weren't there when he was being coached, but the way that his career went, it's it's only it's only like apparent that he was a very coachable athlete. It has to be. It has to be. Mm. I mean, luckily he landed under Belichick, and I, I don't even know if Belichick was there at the time when he was drafted. I think so, but as I think obviously, he was. I think he was an assistant. Well, I mean, Belichick was with the Giants with part with Parcells. I'm pretty oh, sure. that's right. But I don't. I think I think Belichick was there. But just as the as his career went on with the coaching staff that he was working with, even when he went to Tampa. I mean, he was just coachable. That That's just plain and simple. I, I really can't see him not having that quality. But, you know, I figure that's a really good example of someone who was coachable. And at the end of the day, I think that it really comes down to passion and wanting to be better. Uh, I, I, you know, obviously I, I talk about myself a lot, which I don't want to do, but I just like to try and be relatable for me. I want to be a better coach. My passion is to coach and to help as many athletes and even people as just as I can. Um, So what I do is I'm constantly on social media or YouTube and I'm very selective of who I listen to because obviously there's a lot of false information on the internet, but I'm just constantly soaking up just how to be a better coach, how to be a better leader. Even um, in our
1: classes too. The it, classes that we're taking. It's Yeah. Extremely beneficial and, and it's sorry, sorry. not. No, off. no, it's
0: all good. It all just ties together. Like I really feel like it comes full circle. Like I have all these books that I want to read, like um uh I can't think of the name. The obviously Nick Bear's book. I have David Goggin's book, I have uh Twenty
1: Five Hours in a Day. Well that's can't, Nick hurt can't Hurt Habits. Me. Atomic Habits.
0: Atomic Habits, that's what it is. All these books and just information that I could soak up not only to better myself in my life because I'm constantly trying to make myself better as an athlete but how to be a better coach and how I can make more of an impact on anyone that I I I get the opportunity to work with so that's just an example and and I'm and I think I'm going to get better at it and I constantly get better at it because I want to get better at it mm-hmm. do you know what I mean um it's that you know it's that's just kind of what it comes down to
1: yeah absolutely and and I want to just kind of bring it back to um, what I was saying before, before I, sorry, cut you off. No, it's all good. But, um, I talk a
0: lot, so I need in, it.
1: But in our, um, in our courses right now that we're taking, um, it's a lot of, there is like our professor and, and who's lecturing us and who is teaching us and showing us, um, different ways and teaching styles and how to coach and different, um, um, what am I trying to say? Like how to handle different athletes or different kids and, just kind of things like that. We're just going through everything. But what I really like about this program is that only half of each class is and even less than half of each class is the professor actually speaking to us and teaching us things. The other half of the class or three fourths of that, that class time is our peers teaching us different things and our peers demonstrating and us kind of teaching each other and coaching each other through things. And then that's something that I never want to stop doing. And that's why I really enjoy the the team that I work on with um, the other performance coaches is because we're constantly learning and building off of each other and just kind of rebounding and bouncing things off of one another and ideas. And, and that is just kind of so cool to to think of that, like we're in that environment right mm-hmm. now that we're able to grow so quickly and like to see all these different perspectives because that's really what's what it's about is to constantly just I keep going back to this but just constantly getting better and growing and asking good questions and and things like that but that really stuck out to me because I was like wow like I've never seen so many different coaching styles in one place you know yeah and and some things it's like oh i kind of disagree with that but then you you kind of think to yourself like okay why am i disagree disagreeing with that and it makes you think about that but then it's like oh that worked and i didn't expect that to really kind of work and okay why did that work or how can I translate that from this course that we're taking and utilizing with our peers into now our sports and into our athletes that we're now coaching. So I think that's a really cool um, environment that we're in right now. So I'm super grateful about that. But
0: yeah, and that's a great example of being coachable, right? It's just learning from others and constantly filling up your arsenal with information that you might not have had. It it, it really is, is great. And I had this conversation with my cousin a few weeks ago and uh, he, I, I think he's a very smart kid and he always has been. And I'm not saying I'm not smart, but you know, just growing up, I was never really interested in school and, and learning. But as I get older, I start to realize that knowledge, I'm not gonna say knowledge is power. I mean, it kind <laughs> of is, but like, just learning is so fun when it's something you wanna learn about. And it makes you feel good that, It's empowering that you're (laughs) opening doors in your brain that you never opened before or you've seen things that you've never seen before it's just good to be diverse in everything that you do so and that's why I you know other than like the professional level because that can get weird but as you grow as you're going up through sports and you know going on different teams or being part of different programs I, I think it's a good thing to have different coaches you're looking at so many different coaching styles, different coaching cues you know, and from there everyone has individual opinions and like Ali said at the beginning of the episode there's not one clear cut way that's the right way there's uh, a ton of different ways to what is the thing to like skin a sheep or skin a pig skin um a cat. skin a cat same thing and that was an animal <laughs> um so terrible so it's it, you know it's a, that is a terrible <laughs> saying, but there's different ways to go about it and you know you're entitled to your opinion and you can pick and choose what you thought was the best way and what worked best for you when you run with it so i you know we encourage you guys to have multiple coaches to to see what everyone else is thinking to talk to your teammates or your peers and see what they think because the, because i think the more the more you know and the more again diverse that you are in that field I feel like you'll have more and see more success.
1: The better impact you're going to have too.
0: A hundred percent. So anything else kind of about that, about just being coachable? I think that if you guys can take away anything from this episode about being coachable as an athlete, and we're speaking to the athletes, um, be a good listener. Like Allie said, uh, be present in the conversation that you're having. I think that's a huge one. Um, You need to be able to make adjustments in terms of figuring out what is good information for you and what, what might not be good information or just what, what might not be like white noise in a sense,
1: trying everything out before you make that. Exactly.
0: You don't want to make an opinion until you've tried it. Um, now for the coaches, um, just always have an open, an open mind to whatever it is that you're doing, because as we always say, exercise, the, the field of exercise science is an ever-growing field. Um, there are many ways to do it right and to get to the, the result that you want. So don't be stuck in your ways. If something worked, that's great. But it might not work for this specific group of athletes. You want to make those adjustments to find success. There is no one way. Because if there was one way, everybody would be winners. Everybody would know. It's... You got to know how to read the athletes and how to make adjustments and, and develop them in, in whatever way is going to benefit them. So that's kind of what we, we think you should be taken away from this. And again, it all comes down to having the passion. You have to have a passion for it real quick. I was literally just telling Ali before, um, I saw something on Instagram and it was, it, I, I forgot who the, the guy that was speaking, but You got to, wherever you are, even if it's something that you don't really want to be at, like if you're at work or you're, you're doing something that you might not want to be doing, right? Just be present in that moment and give it your all because
1: you got to be there regardless. You got to be, might as well. Exactly. You can learn, you can
0: learn something from anything and just like Ali said, she said it best, no matter what age you are, just be a sponge wherever you go. And just listen, be an active listener, ask questions, um, and just be coachable. That's all. Don't be stubborn. Don't be stuck in your ways. Just always look for a way to get better. That that's really it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and again, for coaches as well, you might not have a winning record. You might not be the the most decorated coach and have the best athletes, but as long as you're developing these kids to get better and to be more skillful in whatever sport it is, yeah, you're succeeding there. But also make sure that you're developing them as individuals and making sure that they are then going to spread a positive impact to the rest of the world. And just to be kind and be better for themselves and their teammates as well. Um, so I think that's huge. Even if you even if you reach one athlete and make them a better person, you've succeeded.
0: Yep. So I think with that being said, we'll wrap this episode up. Uh, just want to say thank you again for you guys that are listening, sending us messages and, and giving us the positive feedback. That's really the one thing we, we really wanted out of this podcast was just to get that feedback. Obviously, we're doing it because we love this field, but the positive feedback, it, it really is awesome seeing how you know, you guys are posting stuff and reaching out to us and just saying that you really enjoy the podcast. It means the world. Yes, so
1: thank you. Even if you have something, maybe a little negative, I mean, constructive criticism, that's we'll take that too. Yeah,
0: that's huge. <laughs> we can
1: always grow and get better and be coachable ourselves. So yeah,
0: exactly. We appreciate that for sure.
1: Yeah. Thanks guys.
0: But until, uh, the next episode,
1: make a great day.